Hello all, welcome to the Lunar Sea Spire Steven Universe Fan Podcast. This is episode 147, and today we'll be talking about Bubbled. I'm GC13. And I'm David. So, I mean, this was this was Steven and Ruby's excellent adventure, don't you think? Yeah, um, it was interesting seeing these two stuck together for a while. <laughs> ah, but that episode title won't get used until later. Yeah, oh, yeah, I see what you mean. <laughs> um... Yeah, so I like Steven Universe episodes that um, sort of bring on a singular focus. And so here we are mostly just on Steven in his bubble the whole time and uh, different conversations with Eyeball and also just sometimes some moments of silence. Steven Universe is a very dialogue driven show. And so it's pretty rare to have moments uh, of quiet, especially when you only have 11 minute episodes and the show sort of, you know, is it's greater audiences for children. And so they, they really try to keep your attention by having characters talking, even if it's describing what's happening on screen. So uh, <laughs> it's just nice to have uh, any any moments like this and also Charlene Yee is really awesome as Ruby and it's great to hear her voice used in Eyeball um yeah I really that's like my initial impressions I like the way they used the silence to really accentuate the wonderful backgrounds of space they did yes yes like ogle this beautiful background everybody I really like the space uh imagery and um definitely went and set some of those as like a rotating wallpaper when the episode first came out um Steven Sugar does such good work and there's also other background artists that I should probably learn the names of who may have contributed uh to them as well uh really good looking stuff also there's sort of eventually a wide shot of something that kind of looks like the Milky Way galaxy with sort of light beams penetrating through the middle. I can't tell if some of this is just space images, just sort of generally showing space, or if we're actually seeing, like, the galaxy that Earth is in or whatever. And it it just sort of piqued my interest as to what gem involvement possibly looks like across the whole galaxy or spanning multiple galaxies, how that's actually affected things. Much like Earth has been affected by gems being there, it'd be interesting to know, like what else gems are doing across the galaxy. I don't think that's what the light beam in the middle of the galaxy was that we see in that one shot, but it just made me start thinking about things like that. Yeah, I don't know if the gems are doing the proper Von Neumann probe thing. Just, I, I, They definitely don't seem like the kinds that would do the kind of mega engineering, you know, Dyson spheres and such like that. Right. But maybe... I, I, just, don't, I just don't think so. Otherwise, they would have just done that and turned Earth into an ice ball. Yeah, well, I was expecting sort of seeing more of that engineering prowess on Homeworld, too. So I was a bit surprised when we first see Homeworld. And I was kind of in the in the group of fans that was thinking maybe this is going to be like a giant, you know, sort of like Death Star contraption or something like the whole thing is been engineered. And that's what they're living on now. And sort of that they have. Style? Yeah, just like really big projects in space, like where they just have this incredible uh, technological advancement words I don't have <laughs> uh, missing lots of words to describe all these cool structures they would have but um yeah so it'd be interesting but I it seems like that's not really the direction they're going anymore I was kind of thinking that originally when way back in season one in the message Lapis describing their technology is super advanced now I'd really like to see the universe sort of extend that 
but it seems like the limits of their amazing technology is sort of like the gravity engine and just general space goods <laughs> like weaponry and whatever but and light travel yeah well they they did have homeworld pretty heavily built up i mean it was no slush but we only got the most tantalizing taste of what homeworld was actually like yeah that's true so maybe crossing my fingers hoping we get to see more like if we get a season six hopefully we'll get a lot more homeworld then but uh just in case we need some homeworld in season five yeah again crossing my fingers but as far as what the backgrounds are meant to depict, I, I wouldn't take the space scenes uh, too seriously in this episode because he passes by a satellite despite being way away from Earth orbit. Yeah. And I don't know if that was meant to be understood as the asteroid belt that they passed through, but again, way too close to Earth for that. I'd agree. Like, if the asteroid belt is, I mean... It could just be a random group of asteroids, or if it was the asteroid belt between Mars and Jupiter, um, you know, that's way far out from Earth. So I felt like the satellite was just for the joke. And otherwise, I mean, are we suggesting that humans are sending out satellites really far in space? What significance would that even have? Yeah, I don't think we're meant to read into it too much. Yeah, I mean, humans send satellites just, like, out into space just to go, like, probe no, those are Pluto. Probes. Yeah, but they don't look like that, and they're not carrying cell signals or whatever. So. Well, like, Stephen would know what a cell satellite yeah. looks like anyway. But... Exactly. Yeah. And then you even have the thing where it's, like, at first, as the episode starts, he's spinning, and then when we get the close-up, he's not spinning, and then we cut back out, he's spinning again until Ruby hits him. Yeah, <laughs> it would be it would be pretty dizzying if the whole time that either the background art or or the bubble was spinning the whole time. So it's whatever. Well, they could have they could have just had the spinning stop when he impacted Ruby. That would make that, um, that, that would make some degree of sense. But it's like, no, nope, no nope, spinning and then not spinning and then spinning again. Yeah, I, I do. You know, the spinning is kind of like inconsistent. I did like that they tried to keep up with the fact that the bubble was traveling really fast through space. Like when they go through the asteroid belt, it's like or the asteroid field, it's like, oh yeah, they're still moving really fast, which is really dangerous. That was kind of cool. Um, but I'll, t- yeah. I'll tell you what, I don't know. I don't know which joke to make about Ruby getting hit with the, uh, hit with that little meteoroid. I don't know <laughs> if I should go with the, uh, super low key one. I don't know how she didn't see that one coming. She was looking right at it. Or if I could just do uh now that's keeping your eye on the ball. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, yeah. I know they're not the best jokes, but I have to put them out there. I appreciate the effort. Um, eyeball getting her eye cracked was a good moment to have between Steven and Eyeball. Basically the whole time, since Eyeball doesn't actually know that Steven is Rose Quartz, she's just kind of generally angry at him, but not like a true threat for a while. And so then... Having her, you know, gem get cracked and then having her get inside the bubble is a nice moment. Also, we've never seen Steven, like, extend his bubble before. So he has extendo bubble powers, which is great, I guess. Yeah, he's very versatile with that thing. Yeah, he's really... I I bet that Rose Quartz was not using the bubble to create spikes and uh, <laughs> send it out in space, yeah. so... um. I like how Eyeball has a murder knife as her weapon. A lot of people were very disappointed when it didn't turn out that she summoned a little boxing glove from her eye gem. <laughs> I, 
that would have been funny, but I, I really like the the dagger because it's just a very brutal weapon, and uh, it's a good choice for a small character to have a small weapon like that. But it's also just such a personal, you know, ha- <laughs> it's such a it just brings to mind exactly the kind of imagery that she suggests when she's like, "I'm gonna <laughs> rip your gem out of your stomach." Like, yeah, because it doesn't good. have a point; it has like a chisel head instead. Yeah. Ooh. So it's that looks like it's meant to get in there and pry a gem out. That's what I think every time I see that. Mm, yeah, it's like specifically shaped for fighting against gems to like pry it out. Ooh, nice. Yeah, nasty stuff. Yeah. I thought it was interesting uh, when she was first showing the signs uh, of being cracked, sort of phasing in and out or whatever of her light form. The puff clouds and stuff were like, I don't know if you noticed, like, weirdly, very fluidly animated. Like, there was, uh, that that small portion was, like, the rest of the episode, there's not a lot of movement. But, like, there's some, like, incredible detail for some reason. Uh, Whoever boarded, it wouldn't even be a boarder. It's the overseas animators who do all these in-between details. And for some reason, they, like, like, go back and watch it, that one part. It's, like, extremely detailed. It just like stood out because there's not a lot of other visual flourish besides like the mm. background in this episode. So that was interesting. I was like, did Rebecca come on and like draw a few boards and was like, this has to look really cool. Like, I don't know. It just stood out to me for some reason. Um, also, I felt like they didn't have the runtime for it, but they could have done more than just like a chibi ruby or yeah, a chibi eyeball for um her deformation we saw like a lot with amethyst uh back when she had her gem cracked but i guess there wasn't really time for that except to have really fancy puff clouds so (laughs) whatever (laughs) yeah i like how steven whenever he heals another gem or like when he did lapis he would lick his hand put it on lapis's gem with his dad Mm -hmm. licked his hand put it on his dad's leg with eyeball Tongue to eyeball, let's go. I don't know why he thought of all the people that he's healed, why it would be most appropriate for the person whose gem is on their face to go in with ridiculous kissy lips and a tongue. Um, But whatever, at least his healing powers worked. To her credit, Ruby was desperate enough to let him try it. Just whatever, freaky as it looked coming in. I know, she let him come in all the way before hitting him off her of her, so... I mean, <laughs> you'd think that after the fool me once, shame on me, uh, fool me four times, you've already fooled me again, and or you've already fooled me and you can't fool me again. You'd, you'd think that that would have been like, he's fooling me right now, isn't he? <laughs> well, uh, you know, she says she can't be fooled after being fooled four times, but... Well, that's true, uh, he didn't fool her. Yeah. He was being completely straight with her the whole episode. So, maybe there's something to that saying. <laughs> maybe. Uh, so Eyeball brings up the sort of that she'd seen the thing that she remembers most about Rose Quartz is her huge sword again. I'm interested to see where that goes. You know, we, we've brought it up before, but just sort of like now in season five, we're going to be sort of figuring out who was the killer of Pink Diamond. That that sword is going to keep being brought up, I'm sure, in theories about, you know, who actually committed the crime. Uh, anything compared to Eyeball is pretty big. But yeah. I'm just wondering if if Eyeball ever saw, you know, the sword that Steven has, Rosa's sword, if that's actually the one she remembers or not. Yeah. 
Eyeball is absolutely convinced, though, that Rose Quartz did it. There are a lot of people who think, oh, it was Yellow Diamond, and uh, Eyeball is just a... I mean, if if she is a false witness, then she has been convinced that it was Rose Quartz, because there's no reason for her to be bringing up, you shattered a diamond to the person who knows she didn't do it. Yeah, well, and she knows, like, even when Amethyst shapeshifted to be Jasper, uh, they all, all, all of the rubies were questioning... Why are you purple? Like, they're not so dumb. Now, they may have been easily fooled because, you know, <laughs> that Earth sun just be given that purple oh, yeah. tan. But, uh, you know, so if it was it's someone has to look a lot like Rose Quartz for Eyeball to say that it was Rose Quartz. Yeah. I'm a fan of the crack theory that Mystery Girl is another Rose Quartz and she did it somehow. Because yeah. you'll note that when Stephen asks Garnet, did Rose really shatter Pink Diamond? Garnet doesn't say yes. She says she had to. Like, yeah. And then she goes on to explain why Pink Diamond had to die, but she never says, yes, your mother shattered Pink Diamond. Which is so weird. Well, I, it's I it's want not to... super weird. Like, it's it's plausible that she could she could just say that, and she knows, she belie- she honestly believes that our Rose is the one who did it, but it's also leaving the door open. Uh, so I see what you're saying. Like Garnet would think that it's Rose, but the writers are sort of letting the dialogue be a little more loose. Yeah, like it's it's it, we just don't know what Garnet thinks or knows. I mean, remember she's <laughs> seen true. the future, so she she knows the outcome of season five theoretically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we still don't know what Garnet actually knows about the future. They've been we... so vague with that power. We can't know what she knows because then the writers wouldn't be able to use Future Vision for whatever they needed it for. That's Why the did problem. they tell us about Future Vision? <laughs> Honestly, uh, it's the most hard to comprehend, hardest yes. to write into the plot power in the entire show. But that's a, It's a tough one. It's it's fine because when it's used in certain episodes, I I've liked how it's been used, so... I guess since we're talking about this ending scene, I really hope, you know, we see, I, I I thought, first of all, when Steven gets rescued in the ship, you know, we cut out any dialogue or the gems talking and we just have Love Like You playing for the first time in show um, in its entirety in its correct order, which was nice and uh, correct order just as far as like we'd heard it in different pieces in the credits, but now we're actually hearing it all together as one. Um like, that's such a, like, just nice moment, again, cutting out the dialogue, and it's not silence, but just, like, letting the characters' actions speak for themselves while we get to hear Rebecca sing. And then, you know, this moment between Steven talking to Garnet, I don't want to see that diminished but in season five by them just saying, yep, someone else did it, uh, Rose, you know, she was flawed, but, you know, she never killed anybody, come on, Steven. And then that just not being something that has to weigh on Steven anymore. I felt like, you know, it, it was such a good um, advancement in the show for, you know, we'd seen pretty much how all the gems and Steven and Greg dealt with the absence of Rose, and then we sort of now have evolved into this, not just dealing with someone's absence, but dealing with the fact that in someone being gone, you start to remember not only the things that were good about them, but but the things that were bad about them. And for Steven, that relationship is so complicated because, you know, he never really knew her. And yet he's she's in his gut. <laughs> and so um, 
you know, I, I just don't want to see that disappear. I mean, Steven's dealing with Rose right now in a really weird way because he's now just calling himself Rose Quartz all the time. Uh, you know, if it's just some, even if it's Pearl, like, I don't know, that just changes the whole point of this, of this ending for season yeah. three. So with Rose Quartz, even, even before we learned about Pink Diamond, let alone who killed her or that she'd been killed, period. I had always thought that there was a sinister edge to Rose Quartz that nobody was really talking about. I mean, part of that's just the whole, man, they're they're making her sound way too nice. And we know she was the leader of a rebel organization. Mm -hmm. But then there was the whole uh, secret armory. uh, Yeah. Lion, everything. Just she she had she seemed like she had some sinister edges. And really, I I do think it kind of cheapens it. It can't have been Yellow Diamond. That just doesn't make any sense. It has to have been Rose Quartz. Somehow, and I think the interesting question is going to be how she did it. Yeah. Or maybe why will be the truly interesting question. Yeah. I No, I like that, that, you know, they're kind of red giving us a red herring right now that maybe someone else did it. But what we're going to find out is just that the actual thing that Rose did, the, the sort of complications behind it. And especially, I mean, you know, uh, to me, the the why is more interesting, but but the how is a lot more interesting to the diamonds and pretty much any other gem because, um, you know, it hasn't been explicitly stated yet, but it seems like even poofing a diamond is a pretty difficult thing. Oh, yeah. I mean, the way, the way Garnet said it, we have what should be a really good why for why Rose Quartz shattered pink diamond. So if there was a different why, that right. would be really interesting. Yeah. Well, I mean, we just haven't seen so far as to why there was such an ultimatum, like why shattering Pink Diamond was the solution, because it doesn't really seem to have been the solution. Homeworld just kind of left once they... After they think that the planet's doomed anyway. Right. Once they have the cluster set up, they're like, all right, let's nuke it and get out of here. So... This was kind of the bottle episode for Steven Universe. Steven and Ruby alone in a bubble... And Ruby somehow able to talk, even in the vacuum of space. Shh, don't tell anybody. <laughs> I totally f- forgot about the fact that that shouldn't have been possible. <laughs> now, now let's let's just go and make our own headcanon that because of Stephen's empathy, he was able to get what mm. Eyeball was saying, since she was trying to communicate to him. You know, I would prefer that they actually... You know, sometimes Steven Universe tries to give actual reasons as to why things are the way they are. <laughs> um, so it would it would have been actually cool if, you know, since Steven already has these dream powers and mind powers, if they'd done that. But oh, well, I mean, plus he like straight up opens his bubble and he doesn't get immediately pulled apart in the vacuum of space. And when he reforms his bubble, there's oxygen in there again. So, well, we don't know how much oxygen was in there. The way he's breathing after he reforms the bubble I kind of get the impression that maybe the only air inside that bubble is what he exhaled into it, which would make sense for why he would then shrink the bubble as much as he can. I, yeah, I actually, I like that. Yeah, because I, when he shrinks the bubble, I'm like, huh, he has less air, but I'm not sure why. (laughs) So yeah, ooh, that's kind of scary (laughs) because uh, humans only breathe out about uh, 4% oxygen for whatever they have. I think they only take away, I think they take it from 20% to 16% oxygen. Oh, really? I think, I, I think that's how it works. Okay. Uh, I could be wrong, but... I'll take your percentages over mine, but anyway. 
But yeah, there's no way he should have been able to survive that for any length of time. But we know already at this point that Steven is no ordinary kid. (laughs) Yes. I mean, it makes me, again, I just think back to Island Adventure, where Pearl said, you do need air to breathe. And I'm like, okay, they wouldn't be restating such an obvious fact if he actually needed air to breathe. Mm -hmm. So that's what I'm going with. Yep. (laughs) Hmm. What other thoughts? Other than Ruby's hilarious uh, face she makes when she's contemplating having a pearl. I mean, that is borderline... Uh, that is that is not a chaste face. <laughs> no, it is not. Um, I know, I don't want Eyeball to ever get a pearl. That is a bad place for a pearl to be. Mm-hmm. I mean, at least she'd be appreciated. <laughs> uh, she might be very appreciated. Ruby wouldn't take her for granted. Nope. She'd be the first Ruby to have done such a thing as getting rose quartz hmm. i mean part of me wants to see rose quartz like actually fight a ruby on the other hand we've kind of seen rose quartz fight three and we've already it's not a fight no <laughs> they, they were there and then they weren't so um not much of a fight you know as, as far as little things though in this in this episode, when, when Ruby says, there goes my whole platoon, uh, that always makes me think, so if the Rubies are tanks, because you could have five tanks in a tank platoon, mm-hmm. then what does that make Quartz's? Or Quartz's companies? Would a small squad of Quartz's be a company? Is that is that what level we're on? And then, ugh. I, I want to hear that now in show that actually Gem Society so militarized that like we actually refer to groups of <laughs> groups of gems by these different uh, military terms. That'd be I mean, because Eyeball should have been calling her group a squad just based on the amount of individuals in it. But she calls it a platoon, which immediately makes me think of tanks. Now, I'm no tanker. I'm not even a tank <laughs> nerd. But I do know that what I might instinctively call a squad of tanks is in fact called a platoon and so that's just that's what sends my mind down that path and in which case if what is smaller than a ruby that they would need to use platoon instead of squad for rubies hmm that is definitely beyond my knowledge of of uh, war- warfare terminology and it might just be beyond the crew universes as well i don't know if they know the difference I'm just, either mm. Mm. i just don't know let's see Anything else? Well, this was the end of, you know, what was originally planned as season two and then end of, was this season three? I mean, did you feel like this was a good way to have things wrapped up? I mean, we've had more epic finales with, um, you know, like season one. Definitely Jailbreak. Jailbreak, uh, to me, is still the best sort of finale that Steven Universe has had. Pretty much since that, they've chosen quieter ones, you know, just having... Yellow Diamond and Paradox Confrontation. Okay, be fair. That was pretty explosive. It was explosive, but just like this episode, too, things sort of, like, you know, we're not actually in front of Yellow Diamond in that, right? So, like, it was something indirectly happening. But Paradox called Yellow Diamond a clod <laughs> right to her face. <laughs> that, that's true. It's monumental, but it's like Steven Universe monumental, where, like, we don't actually have to be somewhere or confronting somebody or having an actual fight for the scene to be really meaningful. So like, uh, so, so it's like not it's, a huge battle. There's not even a lightsaber fight. 
Right. Yeah, not even that. So, like, it's interesting that they chose to do that sort of again with Bubbled, where they chose a little more restrained finale of, like, you know, we're going to have Steven seriously questioning something. There's going to be some stakes, like he's, you know, in out in space, and, you know, how's that going to end up? And he has somebody who very much would like to murder him. <laughs> right. And, you know, the same thing, uh, too, uh, with Peridot and, uh, Peridot and Yellow Diamond. Like, the gems are genuinely concerned that... You know, Peridot's going to, like, contact a diamond, and that's going to be really horrible. And it is kind of horrible anyway. For uh, Peridot, that it happens. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I don't know. So, like, do you feel pretty satisfied with this ending? Uh, do you want to see, like, something closer to Jailbreak again for season five? I think at this point in the series, they stopped really caring about where their season mm. uh, starts and ends. I mean, it's it's not that important for season five, since it may very well be the last one. I hope they kind of tie everything up with a little bit of a bow. Although, you know, Mirror Gem and Ocean Gem could have been the end of the series. And they just they just decide, you know what, if they don't pick us up for the next 26 episodes, we are going out on such a cliffhanger. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I'd really like, you know, we don't know anything. For the longest time, we knew about so many episode titles in Steven Universe. And now... It's just uh, completely in the dark what season five will be like. I'd love to see, you know, if this is at least somewhat of an ending, even if they later get renewed. Something now that we've had all these Steven bombs, I think it'd be really weird. I mean, here we had, you know, a three part ending. I'd love to see an even longer uh, five episode or something uh, segment for season five. Or, you know, I'd even take like Avatar The Last Airbender style, like just give me a full hour long plus like a movie to just finish it off yeah do it do it like bismuth except with an hour instead of half an hour yeah i it'd be good and the writers i mean i'm excited that the next upcoming episode is going to be 22 minutes because the you know both bismuth and <laughs> the the jim harvest jim harvest is the one where we find out steven's real last name um you know I, I, I think the writers do so much better with that. Like the 11 minute format's fine, but they do so well when given 22 minutes. And so like a finale with even double that time, I think they could still fill it really well. So anyway. Hmm. Oh, so final thoughts about Bubbled? I'm glad that I'm glad that Eyeball is okay. Uh, I'm glad that she's okay. She didn't really help Steven out in the courtroom, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe not the most friendly witness. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> her redemption's probably not not coming. She's pretty mad. I don't think anything's <laughs> going to convince her to join the Crystal Gems led by the murderous Rose Quartz. Oh, if if Steven really wants to recruit her, all he has to do is walk up to her and just tell her that she joined the team tw or a couple days ago, and then she'll be like, oh, okay. <laughs> just completely passes by her what that even means. She's just like, oh, right, of course. <laughs> I mean, I'm gone. surprised that the, maybe the Crystal Gems had a lot of rubies. They sound pretty easy to recruit. <laughs> yeah, that's probably why they're not around still either. They're pretty easy to... <laughs> Oops, to yeah. Hey, and... Ruby, why are you fighting for the Crystal Gems? You work for us, remember? All right! <laughs> <laughs> Done fighting, and then she's like, wait a minute. Mm. Hold on. <laughs> yeah. I need to go down to the Ruby store. <laughs> I need to see that on Homeworld. I, if they have any storefronts at all, please let it be 
for little Charlene Yee's everywhere. <laughs> oh, I mean, because they just, they just wander off. You need to get replacements pretty easily. <laughs> just wandering off. Uh, yep. So everybody, join us next week. We'll be talking about Kindergarten Kid, also known as uh, Roadrunner, the Steven Universe episode. Until then, I'm GC13. And I'm David. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes. Later, everybody. Our opening and closing music is by James Roach. For more Steven Universe fan-related content, please visit LunarCSpire.com. Thank you for listening.